when he's saying, landing on them like a thief, it's not you. It is to the world. Because for you, you are aware and you are preparing. And you are sitting here, you are live. Even Latin America is tuned in. Live. Preparing for that. They're very serious, blessed people. He say, he's comparing it to a thug, a thief entering your house. That you have to... So all that the Lord Jesus was using to prepare the church, to help the church to prepare. Hallelujah. And he's saying, the book of Matthew chapter 25, 1 and 13, he compares it to bridesmaids. And he's saying that when they are not steady, they can be caught unawares. Again, all that was for one effort to help the church prepare for that day. Matthew 22, the same thing. The busyness of the world. I've just bought oxen. I've just bought a field. And they're invited. He's warning again, helping the church to prepare for that day. This is serious. Hallelujah. And he says here, the dangers of a busy life in this life. And then Titus 2, 13, the wicked days we live in. Matthew 7, 21, 23, the dangers of this kind of dangerous form of salvation. Where you sit in the church and you are so comfortable that you are going to heaven. Oh no. Only to be shocked on that day. To tell you the truth, I do not know you. He is warning about that dangerous form of salvation. Why? In order to help the church prepare appropriately for that day. Not only did he talk about the day and announce it very vigorously, seriously, in the entire Bible. But he also gave the signs that when the season arrives, you'll see this. Not only did he give the signs, but he went ahead also and helped the church how to prepare. That is serious stuff, right? That is very serious. That day sounds very serious. That is a serious day, right? It sounds like a very serious day. And so, the book of 1 John chapter 2, 28-29, be ready always. Just read it. Helping the church how to prepare. Even James chapter 5, 7 and 9, we didn't read. Okay, we, we all, I mentioned it like a farmer waiting for rain. So patiently waiting for the first rain. Patiently waiting for the second rain. Waiting for the crop until it yields. Until it brings it to the harvest, into the barn. So he's helping the church to be patient how to wait. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. That is the Lord trying to help the church to prepare for that day. The day that we came to announce to you. That is very serious. Serious stuff, right? Hallelujah. No excuse for anyone to miss that day. You must now prepare very firm, very steadfast, right? And he says here, the book of 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, the purity, be pure. Philippians 3, 20, 21, citizenship of heaven, that you may disconnect from the earth. I, Jesus really stepped out to help the church, right? So much. He really wants the church to enter. Not only announcing and showing what signs will be, and then helping how to prepare. That is being given on a silver platter with a silver spoon. Direct into your mouth. You're just being fed. Being fed. Being fed. 
na kuna murija hapa that is going to call coca cola also huh? everything is being given to you <laughs> i tell you <laughs> how can you fail then silver platter hi <laughs> and he's saying here second corinthians chapter 5 8 and 10 at that point now now he i'm switching gears i've decided to bring in the destination also is after that there is revelation 21 he's pointing he also pointed them to their destination that there's a glorious heaven that there is a new heaven that there is a new earth that there is a new jerusalem that there is no pain there that there is no disease that there is no sin that there is no surgery that there is no wailing that there is no weeping that there is no crying that there is no sorrow that there is only joy unspeakable hallelujah he really helped the church according to the lord's own word the bible he speaks so much about that day comprehensively covered that day will take place according to what i've seen hallelujah and so blessed people i have so much to give you i don't know another break or what do you want do you want us to continue because what i want to handle is quite big and then can i handle the cascade of the day sit down then then let me handle the events of the day so the chronology we have seen until now in the book of first thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18 you have now feared the scripture oh yes because that scripture very much because that scripture literally talks about the departure of the church from the earth and the entry of the church into the kingdom of heaven and not to come back here but to go back to Jerusalem and new Jerusalem that is it so that's a serious scripture very serious and so the lord is saying the following that the lord himself shall come down from heaven in other words he will come down in his glorified human body the human body glorified the way he went with the human body glorified that's why he said the lord himself he will come down now with that same body except that this time around with infinite glory with eternal glory tremendous glory with a crown with a heavenly host with pomp and circumstance color of a victorious king a triumphant king that is serious blessed people and he's saying with that majesty of his crown that i have seen he will enter into the atmosphere in the space up here and then he says he shall descend up here and he's coming with those who have fallen asleep earlier right so they are wearing their spiritual bodies that is serious now serious stuff now they are coming in their spiritual bodies with him remember their physical bodies are still where down here some were cremated some were crushed in plane crashes or vehicle crashes some just disappeared in the oceans eh? so but that all of the above does not matter to the lord because that day the whole world will know the power of the lord jesus 
that day. They will know the true power of Jesus. I wish you could allow me just run through this, please, if you don't mind. I know. Me, I didn't drink a thing during break. I just tasted a little quarter coke, but we can do this together. So this is very powerful. Very serious. The Lord stepping forward and making a bold move, a bold public invitation to enter his kingdom. Everybody should prepare, right? So he shall come with those who have fallen asleep into the space above the atmosphere here. And then the Lord shall give the shout, the order for the dead now. From there he shall give a shout to wake them up. Can you read for me the book of John chapter 10, 27, 30? John chapter 10, 27 to 30. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father has given them, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Daniel 12 2. So he says, you will shout, they know his voice. From under the tombs. Multitude to sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. And then he's saying, the archangel who comes with the Lord will also shout. He'll make a shout up here. What a day. Huh? And as far as we know, and I mean, I, I have a whole section on this. But until now, Michael has been labeled the archangel. Remember, I've met the two. I've met Gabriel. He has sent Gabriel quite a bit of times to me with information, information. And now all of you have gotten, have gotten to know that uh, Gabriel is the angel that sent, it takes messages, messages many times. Whenever the Lord had something to tell me, he has sent Gabriel. In fact, one time I was in uh, Studio B here when I was teaching about the book of Daniel. Is it Revelation, I think? The book of Revelation. And then the Lord showed me the tribulation temple and I saw the two beasts entering there. Then I asked the Lord, please give me the translation. Then now, the next night, uh, Gabriel appeared, put his wings there, the glory up to this level, flowing circumference like this, cover you. And I know him, I, I, don't, I know it's not right to, to describe, right? But for him, his hair falls this way. Okay? Yes, so um, that is how deep I can give you. <laughs> so, even over Menengai, the day the fire came, Menengai won. He's the one who came with a trumpet like this, both wings and hands with the golden trumpet. He came flying down like this up above there. Remember that day when I panicked and I thought that I, I thought that the church was going to take him, right? Menengai won. But now listen to this now. Yeah, so I have a whole section where I nail down who this angel is. The one that comes with the Messiah. Because Michael is the one who so far has been named as the archangel. But if you read further, it says, Michael, one of the princes, 
Meaning there are other, one of the princes who stands before the Lord. Meaning there are others unrevealed. That's amazing. The enigma of our God. Serious stuff. Hallelujah. Oh yes. These are now hairy times. These are serious hours in the church. When now you see that the coming of the Messiah is beginning to look real now. Huh? Even the kind of persons like me to appear and start sharing this kind of thing. That also tells you surely the king is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aye. And so, you can go through scripture, even the book of Jude and so forth, and try to nail down who exactly is going to come with the king. Hallelujah. And so, the archangel who comes with Christ, with the king, will repeat the shout. And we have Michael, we have Gabriel, who announced Christ's coming. Do you remember? So sometimes when I looked at that, I read that, I came back this way. Oi, could it be that Gabriel will announce again? Serious stuff. <laughs> the hour of truth now, right? The moment of maturity and seriousness, right? Hallelujah. Very big time in the church now. See, are you able to move seats a little bit because there's too much squeezing here? Yeah, thank you for moving. Thank you. Move, Kabisa. Move, Kabisa. Just sit alone without the lamp. Because the Warringa is very uncomfortable. Just move in front of the, cam the, 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 the lamp. And this way. Thank you. Okay. Can you guys move so Warringa can have a little space? Oh, it was too unbelievable. But you, 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 when you see something, you say something. <laughs> when you see something, you say something. Very powerful. So, Gabriel announced Christ's first appearance. So, you can't rule him out, right? But at least the allocation, the consignment, Archangel is to Michael. But when you read, you find that Michael, one of the princes, who stand before the Lord? Who stand before the Lord? Meaning there are others. I this is serious. I tell you. And then he says, Yes, he's the one who announced the coming of the king at the manger. And then the trumpet is sounded. That's stage four. Summoning all people to appear before the throne of God. The role of trumpets, bla trumpets, trumpet blasts in the Bible. The arrival of the Lord is announced there also. Summoning a sacred assembly, a solemn assembly. It says, then the dead in Christ are raised glorified. So you can imagine, he's coming with their souls and their bodies are going to be glorified so the souls enter there. But the spiritual body 
is going to enter the physical body. That is amazing. And at that time, glorification will take place, the vision of October 18th, 2021. Then the holy living Christians will be translated. Those are now exonerated from death. They are glorified according to the visions I have seen. They have glorious bodies at that time also. Glorious garments. Philippians 3, 20, 21. They are now citizens of heaven. They are going up. Then there is being caught up together with them in air, meaning transportation. To be transported up, right? And then the next stage is the, the eternal state is, has now been determined. And that eternal state will have been determined strictly based on whether you accepted the blood of Jesus or not. Whether you washed your garment clean in the blood or not. I'm saying, rather, those who did not are not here at this point. Whether you washed, you were washed clean yourself in the blood. And whether you were faithful to the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14, for without holiness nobody sees the Lord. Hebrews 9.28, coming to those who are waiting for him. 1 John 3.2.3, 3, purity. Philippians 3.20.21. Very serious stuff, blessed people. So, he shall appear in pomp and color and circumstance as a victorious king, a triumphant king of glory with a golden crown that I've seen Massive heavenly hosts accompanying him. The voice of the archangel we saw, the voice of God himself, the call of God, the trumpet of God is coming with tremendous authority. His reignship, his dignity, his majesty and sovereignty and splendor. Infinite glory, blessed people. Serious stuff. We take a short break. When I come back, I will handle one last thing if I can, right? I, I want to handle resurrection of the dead. I want to handle the resurrection of the dead and glorification. Very serious stuff, right? That is if I'm able to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus loves you. Thank you. Todaraba. Todaraverim. like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Again, right there he's saying that the Christian lifestyle outside here should be totally different from the non-Christians. Because for you, you have this hope, the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? And that is also the foundation of the gospel we have. That is also the foundation of the hope we have. And that is also the reason for sacrificial living. Say, okay, I can serve the Lord until I die because I know in any case, if I, if I die here, he will resurrect me. You understand? And glorify me. So for us, that is everything. That is even the gospel we preach. It's our hope. So you live different from the rest of mankind.
verse 14 for we believe that jesus died and rose again and so we believe that god will bring with jesus those who have fallen asleep in him so that is very powerful he's telling us right away that your soul never sleeps that's all he's saying there that when you die you go straight to be with the lord the soul never sleeps that is all he's saying to you there it was there that now you have to take care of your soul very well knowing that death is simply a passage that's why if i really can move then i'll be able to touch on death today and that will bring a bigger enlightenment here that death is simply a passage to another realm to judgment essentially to uh, accountability and then he says according to the lord's word we tell you that we who are still alive and are left until the coming of the lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep so they will benefit from the rapture first those who have fallen asleep will benefit first in any case they are already benefiting from it by being in the presence of the lord right they are already in the presence of the lord and then they come with him so you know sometimes you wonder because uh, you find that somebody for example went for a surgery and before they went into the surgery they they received Jesus prayed for them and they were ready when they went they didn't come back and then they have gone straight to be with the lord sometimes that condition is better than hanging around and backsliding right of course much better right because then they are already with the lord right yeah so and then he's saying here for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command remember i've seen all this with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of god almighty and the dead in christ will rise first again there he's saying there's a preferential treatment for those who have died uh, those who have gone earlier those who have died before the rapture they are treated preferentially preferential treatment they are considered first you remember when i saw that vision the dust of the ground the glorious body is coming up is when i realized it's not an earthquake it's a rapture taking place but of the dead and then they went all the way and captured they entered into the glory of the lord where the lord was standing and they entered with him into glory so the lord himself will come for them in, with a loud command with the voice of the archangel with a trumpet call of god and the dead in christ will rise first he's saying after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them to meet the lord in the clouds rather to meet them in the clouds uh, again uh, you see let me just read this and he says the following he says uh, for for the lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of god and the dead in christ will rise first verse 17 after that we who are still alive and are left behind uh, just a moment let me just read this again after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so now that group is the we that is the last generation to the rapture those are the ones who are exonerated and exempted from death right and then he goes on to say to be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so we will be with the lord forever now that is the eternity introduced to the church right there therefore encourage one another with these words wherefore comfort one another with these words so that in whatsoever your persecution will be but when you remember that the messiah is coming for us 
Then he says that should be an encouragement for you to stand strong and stand firm. Let us look at the angels here. The archangel that is going to do this particular action. The book of Jude, now you can read Jude chapter 1 verse 9. Let's read a little faster so I can move. Jude chapter 1 verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for, for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct. Amen. So now, you see right there, he's called directly the archangel Michael. Right? Because we are trying to identify which angel, which angel is coming with Christ. And remember, at first we say that the angel Gabriel came and announced the coming of the Messiah, the first coming. He's the one who came and announced that uh, the king is coming. The king is born, right? And so, now, he says, the voice of the archangel. And now here, Michael is openly addressed as the archangel. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. We are now trying to open up the archangel to identify. You are reading very fast because we don't have time now. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. Again, Michael is the only one named archangel. I know there is Kerubim, Seraphim, but Michael is named as archangel. And then, you see now Michael commanding a battery of angels, and he's also the same one that defends Israel, right? So, uh, Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. Verse 2, rather, verse 2. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Look at that. So there are other angels. Because remember, when Gabriel is introducing himself, himself, he says, I am Gabriel, the one that stands in the presence of the Lord. Stand before the Lord. Right? And so, so, so that tells you that Gabriel is also a superior angel, of course. And if you ask me, I think he's one of the archangels. In the interactions, the Lord, because the Lord sends him to me, sometimes he sits down and talks with me and tells me things and shares. So there's a very tight relationship also here that uh, sometimes we need to mention. Sits down and has a conversation. He says the same thing. He says, the Lord loves you very much. And then, of course, you know, I break down and cry, you see. And then, uh, uh, but, but those are now personal conversation and the Lord sends him to conversation with me sometimes. Of, of course on missions, but that kind of statement he gave Daniel when he says you're highly esteemed. I've also had those moments. Those are sometimes uh, now another axis, the Lord and his servants, but uh, uh, he's an archangel because he's also very glorious and he's used quite a bit. Oh, some people say the courier angel, the messenger with the message all the time being sent to deliver the message. Yeah, so we're trying to nail out who is this. So he says, there are other superior angels that stand, also stand before the Lord. So here you see it's not mentioned the name. But there are other angels that also stand before the Lord, superior ones. And he says there are seven of them. Daniel chapter 12, 1, Michael is known as the great prince. Can you read in a hurry word? We don't have much time. Yes, much, we don't have much time. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise 
there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And so that's very powerful because you can tell them the power that Michael has, right? Because I have seen, I can, let me describe this. When I saw the threat, the Lord showed me the threat coming. Right, right now, things are very bad, right? You're following news, right? Yeah, so they, they, they struck, the, the, the IDF, the Israeli Air Force struck and killed one of the lead commanders of the Revolutionary Guards of Iran. And you see, he's, thank you for clapping, I bless eternally. But listen to me now. So, um, he, he, he is uh, the one that was involved between uh, Lebanon and so forth in that area. So, so, so now the, the Syria, uh, uh, Iran has said that they, they will pay. They're, and then you see the situation around the Gulf there, the, the bombing, the, tri the, the missiles that are being thrown from the Houthis trying to hit some of the, the merchant vessels around there or to hit missiles at Israel. So it's a very tricky moment right now. Anytime an all-scale war can break out. And that is what I have seen. I've seen a very serious war. And then I see two missiles that are shot and they hit a nuclear facility at the foot of a mountain by the desert. And I always think it may be Natan's nuclear station, power station. And the fire that comes from there is one of the biggest fires ever going up. That means they, have no, they, they blow up some nuclear material. Or maybe those are nuclear warheads that strike it. And they blow up the reservoirs. And so right now it's very tense. But when I saw the threat coming from the Syrian side, the Lord showed me. Then I called the Lord to come and defend Israel along that border. Now, what I wanted to say is the following. I wanted to say that uh, when I called him, I saw that he came. And when he came, as he moved in the cloud, however, there are angels, every inch. They are huge. They are huge with a flaming sword. They are twice your size in terms of height also. With flaming sword, and they would put them down like this, and then they would lift up like this. And then flaming swords. And every inch of the border of Israel, including the sea. The, not just the Syrian border, but all over. So, I mean, Michael is very powerful. Because he says here, in the time of distress, as you see, is now building up against Israel. The anti-Semitism is going global now. Uh, so, Michael, the Lord sends him. Because if he does not make that divine intervention... It looks like Israel would not survive it. So the Lord intervenes through him. In other words, Michael come up against Satan. Satan until God's people are secured. Very, very serious agenda here. And so he's saying, uh, Daniel chapter 10 verse 21. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And then the book of Daniel 8, 16. And I heard a man's voice from the Ulai calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. So it is true that uh, um, it, it, it may be Michael that blows the trumpet, but you cannot rule out 
Gabriel. I think we just leave it at that. I've cut out other scriptures. It may be Michael, the archangel that comes with the Lord, but you know the Lord, he is God because he's coming with heavenly hosts, right? And the lead archangel may be Michael or even another angel that will come and then will be able to make that very serious announcement when they arrive in the space above the earth here. And so, I want to talk about resurrection. Uh, I want to deliberately talk about resurrection so that I can be able to bring it to a close eventually. And in discussing the resurrection, I want to be very deliberate. I will not talk about uh, the wedding of the Lamb because we can handle that another time, right? Yes, I want to talk about resurrection. I know it's very massive. Hallelujah. See how far we can go. Because it says the dead will rise. They will resurrect, right? Okay, so again, first Thessalonians, you can now turn on the essays, please. We are sweating. The, the first Thessalonians chapter four, I'm reading, sixteen, seventeen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel the trumpet call of God. He says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the dead in Christ rising first, that's a very serious thing. I want us to walk through that and then probably we'll close it for tonight and go into the next session. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, he says the following. If you can read it, it's better for us. We move faster because of time. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. That is very serious. So he's talking about that moment when now the dead are resurrected and then glorified, right? And you see that the Lord cries out with a loud voice. For us to bring that into perspective and context, let us look at the book of John chapter 11 from verse 38 to 43. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take the stone away, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. In a loud voice again. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen. In a loud voice again. Remember, he will appear up in the sky and with a loud voice call them, right? In a loud voice. Don't do that. Don't do that here because we don't have much time. We don't have time. Just be standing because I want a few scripts. I can even read them myself. It's not a big deal, but 
I just want us to flow on this. So, again, with a loud voice, he appears in the sky, then he calls them from their graves, right? And they come out. And this one too, I want us to learn a few things from this. What the Lord was saying then about this rapture we are talking about now, the resurrection of the dead. With a loud voice, he calls out, Lazarus, read it again. Up to 44, in fact. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. That's very powerful right there. Because again he shouts with a cry, with a loud shout, and the dead man comes out. And it doesn't matter, with that shout, it doesn't matter how disintegrated the body was, whether it was fluid and everything and so forth. That shout, authority of the Lord, is able to cause the, the muscles, the fibers, the nerves, everything to rush back, the brain to reconstitute, every system reconstitute instantly. And then he comes out. He resurrects and walks out. And so, that's a very serious thing. Have you read up to 44? Yes, so that's a very, very serious thing. In this miracle here, we see very clearly that resurrection is the greatest miracle and wonder that Jesus ever performed. That is number one. Resurrection is the greatest miracle and wonder that Jesus ever performed. Number two, all the other miracles Jesus performed were actually all pointing towards this climax of the miracle of resurrection. That's number two. Just make sure you write and you help your people in your churches. So, resurrection is the most important miracle that Jesus ever performed. Do you remember the time he was told to give us a sign? Give a sign. They asked him, give us a sign. Then he said he will give them nothing except the sign of Jonah. Hallelujah. And this miracle, among just looking at the book of John alone, you can see the way he picked the miracles and he placed them there. When you go through the miracles he recorded there, then you see that this, all the other miracles were actually pointing at this climax miracle and wonder, the wonder of resurrection. And so, resurrection is the climax of all miracles that Jesus ever performed. You already mentioned that. And that resurrection of Lazarus was a pointer for humanity. Jesus was pointing humanity to the time when he will come at rapture and command. And by his authority, the dead would come out. So he was actually expressing his power and authority that he has. And he was saying that whosoever will believe will also benefit from that authority at rapture. Step by step, we go through this. That rapture. 
And the other seven miracles, let's just go through them one on one. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. I appreciate the reading of the Bible. I could read it myself uh, because people abroad prefer, but just read it because I want to run through. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana, at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 liters. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests, the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Very powerful. So you see very clearly that in that miracle he was pointing on to the role of the Holy Spirit, but not just the role of the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the latter anointing. So in other words, the, the importance, we're just going through those other miracles that were pointing towards the resurrection, okay? That were climaxed at resurrection. Uh, you see very clearly that uh, in this particular miracle, when it turns water, wonder, where it turns water into wine, a stronger wine, a better wine, a second wine, you can see very clearly that he was saying there the importance of salvation, the role of the Holy Spirit in regeneration of the heart, and then the role of the Holy Spirit in conversion, in, in uh, conviction and conversion, conviction to sin and to be converted. And then the role of the latter anointing in the times we are in. The latter anointing. That's what you pick out from there. And then the second one, John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. The healing of the nobleman's son. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay ill at Capernaum, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal, of, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. And so at that place, the Lord Jesus is saying that he has come with sufficient power to heal your infirmities, your diseases, your plagues. 
but most importantly the plague of sin. Amen.